what is up this is a solo show just dave here no kyle i'm actually traveling right now hold up in san francisco we're going to talk about week three i'm not sure if it's going to really help anyone because i'm recording this on saturday night as i put in the final tweaks to my roster but that might make it one of the more um should i say useful podcasts because you know it's funny i listen to a lot of fantasy podcasts myself over the week and you know a lot of them are well if this guy is injured if this guy's playing if this guy's not playing and and some of the analysis that they give is basically irrelevant by the time that we get to the weekend so hopefully my uh you know my slacking or what's it called uh when you slack off see i don't have kyle here i don't have anyone to to talk to about it Hopefully my, um, I do have Google though, when you slack off, and everyone's yelling right now, well, you know, like three people listening, um, it's called, come on baby, procrastinate, boom, thank you Google, we could talk about week two, um, but I'm going to procrastinate on that, I don't, I didn't have a great week in Redrafts leagues, I didn't have a great week in DFS, but what I will tell you is that I'm doing a much better job at managing my bankroll, getting my money in 50-50s versus GPPs, um, just really maturing as a DFS player. You know, only took, what, like five years or something like that. But let's fast forward to week three. A lot of interesting matchups at top, and then from there, you know, there's a really long tail. But um, we got 49ers at the Chiefs, the money line, or the total that I had, um, at the beginning of the week was about 56 total. And I'm not sure if that's changed at all. Let's go look. Um, let's look, we're looking for, it's, it's the, you know, it's the biggest game as far as implied point totals go. And it's a 55 here. So it really hasn't changed. That would put the the Chiefs at 31 points and the 49ers at 24 points. And, you know, that 24 points implied in this game is more than one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about eight of the teams that are favored on the rest of the slate. So I don't think either of these teams are bad choices when you're talking about getting players. Now, you know, obviously, uh, so let's talk about who I picked first. I, I'm pretty sure I picked the Chiefs here. Um, they're at home. I do think that the 49ers, I think it'll be a shootout, but I think sooner or later the Chiefs come out on top. I mean, Pat Mahomes has just been leading this offense, and I don't want to resist it anymore. I really haven't cashed in on the Mahomes thing yet, and instead of continuing to buck the trend, you know, I'm just going to go with it this week. I kind of see the NFL season in quarters. You know, I'll never forget um, when I was listening to a lot of NFL Network listening to coaches, and they look at the seasons in quarters. And so we're in the first quarter of the season, and I don't expect any big changes um, before the quarter is over for the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, I'd be really surprised if they drop this game at home to the 49ers. I'm not sure. This may be their first. Yeah, this is their home opener as well. So I really think that they're going to make it a point um, to show up in this game. Now, what I will say is that Andy Reid is a little bit dubious when it comes to fantasy. 
I really have a feeling this is going to be the Kareem Hunt game. Um, I don't know if my money has been with that necessarily, but um, I'm what my bet is here is that it will be Pat Mahomes throwing to Kareem Hunt rather than handing off the ball to Kareem Hunt. We know that he's explosive um, in, in both ways, and he's dynamic either running the ball and catching the ball. But there's just something about this game that screams it's going to be a little bit different. And, um, you know, Pat Mahomes has just been making it rain out there. Uh, I'm sure that his, you know, average pass yardage, you know, they have like uh, air yards, which I love these stats and stuff, but I don't have them in front of me, of course. But that's my guess. So, you know, with me picking the Chiefs to win at home, um, and this is just outright, you know, with the touchdown spread, I really think that the 49ers could come close. I think this could be like a 34 to 31 game. I do not think that the Chiefs are going to blow out the Niners. Um, but Vegas seems to to think so. Um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo and that whole crew is capable of much more than they've shown so far. Uh, you know, they've had two games so far. They're, I believe that they're one and one, beat the Lions at home. And then, you know, they had that tough game against the Vikings, which, you know, away in Minnesota. And we know that the Vikings have one of the best defenses in the world. So like a lot of other teams on the slate, the 49ers are at a crossroads. They've had a good game. They've had a not-so-good game. What are they going to do here on the road again in a tough spot against a tough offense but a beatable defense? Um, again, that's why I think both of uh, all of the players on both these teams are going to be really popular this week. So in cash, you know, I have a lot of exposure to Pat Mahomes. Um, I won't say I do have the exposure to Kareem Hunt in cash, but I do have him in a lot of GPP lineups. Same thing with Tariq Hill. Same thing with Travis Kelsey. Even Sammy Watkins I have there. Even, you know, low exposure percentages, but I have exposure to all those guys. From the 49ers, it's a little bit hard with Marquise Goodwin's injury. I have exposure to Jimmy Garoppolo, most definitely. Um, probably the next player there is Matt Breida. I don't have him in any cash lineups, but I have them in a lot of GPPs because, you know, I think that they'll be throwing in this game and that favors Brita and his skill set, obviously. Um, but but you, know, you still don't really know. He's had one great game, one okay game. Does Alfred Morris, you know, does he show up here? I'm, he, he seemed to be the guy at the beginning. That's why it's so hard. Uh, Pettis has burned me a little bit. He doesn't seem like the guy that's the heir apparent there in the wake of Marquise Goodwin's injury, which is still questionable at this point in time, um, what I would say is Travis Kelsey, no, excuse me, Greg Kittle, <laughs> the tight end for the 49ers, is a really interesting play here. Um, I think he's let a lot of people down so far. He had a lot of hype going into the season. He hasn't had that breakout game. This could be the Kittle game, um, just because so many points are going to be scored and, you know, we're implying here that the 49ers are going to be behind by at least a touchdown, so they should be airing it out. If Marquise Goodwin is actually out, then Greg Kittle seems like a great play. So that's my feelings on the Chiefs and the 49ers. I'm going to move on to the second highest implied point total. Not by much. It's uh, the Steelers at the Buccaneers, and this is a really hard game to pick from uh, who's going to win perspective. I mean, you know, the spread is only 1.5, favoring the Steelers, um, kind of making the Buccaneers home dog. So, you know me, I love to go with the home dog. And 
I'm going to pick the Buccaneers here to win outright. Um, the implied point totals on this game are 27 for the Steelers, 26 for the Bucks. So pretty high totals in both ways. And this is, I believe, the Monday night game. So that's what it is. Again, I don't know if I understand a lot about this game because I play the Sunday slate a lot. But talking about Monday night, when it comes to the Steelers, I have exposure to Juju Schuster-Smith um, in cash because he has a lot of targets. I think it's like over 10. I just think that he's the more consistent play here, especially on something like DraftKings. I think that he's worth his weight in gold. John Connor. John Connor? James Connor? Yeah, I think John Connor's the guy from The Terminator. He is. <laughs> he's still cheap enough um, to warrant you know, plays here. I don't think he's a secret anymore to so playing him in GPP. Not as advantageous as cash, but you know, you could see the Steelers go off here. The Buccaneers have been in, in shootouts the past two games. I don't think that their defense is really anything to write home about. So, you know, paying up for Antonio Brown is contrarian here. Juju Schuster Smith, I guess Ben Roethlisberger, but you know, I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of him in general. The Buccaneers, however, I mean same thing with Pat Mahomes. I really haven't been on the Fitzpatrick train. I would imagine this trend to kind of last out through through this quarter of the season. So there's two storylines here. The Steelers having a tough beginning of the season. The Buccaneers having a great beginning of the season, exceeding all expectations. They're talking about trading Jameis Winston at this point. It's crazy stuff. But, um, you know, as a betting man, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. And with that said, I... I Again, I think that what we'll see in game three here, you know, three-fourths of the way through the first quarter of the season is that some of these teams are going to change the way that they win games. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Deshaun Jackson, that's been great. But what about Peyton Barber? You know, again, another back that can catch out of the backfield. Um, we know that the Steelers are susceptible all over the place. I mean, the Chiefs made them look really bad, so either the Chiefs just have a perennial offense or the Steelers defense sucks a little bit and has been lost without Ryan Shazier, um, you know, ever since his injury. So I think that this is a spot where I'd pick Peyton Barber. Mike Evans is again, a consummate professional. I think you could play him week in and week out in any format that you want. I still believe that Deshaun Jackson is a boomer bust guy and maybe he'll prove me wrong again, but I would feel much safer playing people like Barber and Mike Evans, really Mike Evans in cash. I think that Peyton Barber and Deshaun Jackson's are, are GPP plays. Um, and that's the Steelers and the Buccaneers. The next game with the highest implied points is uh, the Falcons and the Saints. So it's the Saints at the Falcons, I should say. Um, they're separated by field goal. The total is 53 points. And that gives the Falcons 28 implied points and the Saints 25 implied points. Now, from a pick'em perspective, you know, this is really tough. I, the Saints are in a tough spot here going to Atlanta. I actually think if there's any game that could underperform, it's going to be this one. The NFC South teams play each other something really tough and we talked about this in week one with the Buccaneers at the Saints I mean we said on this podcast that that was a game where the Buccaneers could come out and shock the Saints and I should have went with that um my gut here tells me that the Falcons can pull it off I think that they're 
a more well-rounded team than the Saints. I'm not sure that they can keep up with the Saints from an offensive perspective, but I think they have a, a better defense for, than the Saints, and the home field advantage gives them just enough. But do I really believe that? This is tough. You know, again, with the field goal, if I was using the points, I'd probably take the Saints, but if I have to, you know, if I have a gun to my head, I'm just going to pick the Falcons here. Let's talk about from a fantasy perspective. So the Falcons, I think Tevin Coleman is one of, he's not a free square this week, but I think he's cheap enough. He's still a starting running back. And I think he's only like about 7,000 on FanDuel. Really not sure what it is on DraftKings, but on in both formats, I think he's a must play. This is a week to me that screams of paying down for running backs and paying up for wide receivers. And that's how a lot of my lineups were constructed, especially in cash. Um, paying up at quarterback, paying up at wide receiver, paying down um, at the running back position because there's people like Tevin Coleman and some others that we'll get into in just a second that really make it easy to do that. I, I also really like Matt Ryan here. I think you know stacking Matt Ryan with Julio Jones is not a bad idea, because especially on DraftKings or in any PPR format because we know Julio Jones is going to get like, you know, 12 receptions for 100-something here. But whether he gets that touchdown that really puts him over the top is is to be seen. I think that Tevin Coleman has much more touchdown potential. That's why he's much more, I think, reliable in the GPP. He's going to get the bulk of the, the load, even though that Smith kid kind of came on in the last game with Devontae Freeman being out and made a case for some playing time. still think Tevin Coleman's the guy, so... Those are my three there, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Tevin Coleman on the Saints. You know, obviously you got Breeze, Kamara, and Thomas. Is there anyone else that I like here? Um, you know, it's always hard with me because I think Drew Breeze has the propensity to spread the ball around. He hasn't, he's targeted much more on Michael Thomas than any other receiver in the past. So I'm, I'm really, uh, Michael Thomas is a cash play to me right? Because I can afford him this week. I might even be able to get him in with like Julio Jones with the with the discount that I'm getting at running back. And, and that's kind of where I'm going. I think it makes sense to pay up for someone like Michael Thomas here, who should be in a really good spot to put up a lot of points. Um, but I don't know why I'm second guessing that. Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, I kind of got burned by him last week, but that might help his ownership percentage if you're looking at playing him in GPPs. I definitely have focusing on him as a GPP guy, but like I said, with the value at running back this week, there's no real reason to play, pay him, play him in cash games. So that is the Saints at the Falcons headed to the next game, moving and grooving right along. It is the Patriots at the Lions, 51 points 51.5 i don't like these 0.5s that gives the patriots who are the favorites 29 implied points and the lions 22 so the lions are a home dog but i'm just not at a point where i want to trust the lions against a team like the patriots um you know this could be a shocker but i think we already had that shocker with the jaguars beating the patriots i think if the patriots were to go into detroit and lose that would be really uh, that'd be really shocking to me. I think it would signify kind of a turnover in the Patriots organization, and I don't think that we're at there yet. Um, and neither does Vegas. I mean, there's a, almost a touchdown in between these guys. So 
you know, I still don't like the th stuff that I saw week one from the Lions where the team basically gave up on the head coach and there were reports that Matt Patricia's lost the locker room and, uh, you know, I don't think that San Francisco is a great team defensively, so it doesn't surprise me the Lions went out there and put up some points but ultimately couldn't come away with a win, so... You know, I really do like the Patriots here, but it's I don't think it's as much of a lock as a lot of people think it is, but that's who I'm picking. I'm going to pick the Patriots. Um, if, if it's points, again, this is tough. I think that the Lions will keep it close. I think a lot of these games that are separated by a touchdown are going to be a lot closer. That's, you know, the Chiefs and the 49ers, Patriots and the Lions. I don't think they're going to be as much of blowouts um, as Vegas is predicting, but... You know, I just pick straight up, so it's going to be Patriots here. Now, when it comes to the Patriots, it's really interesting. Um, this looks like a later game, or may, possibly, no, this is a Sunday night game. Um, so I haven't had a lot of exposure to this, but James White stands out as someone that I'd play here. Um, I'm really not going down the Josh Gordon hole. Uh, and again, it's I never has, have as much exposure to the Patriots as I want because unless it's a week where I'm paying up for Rob Gronkowski, which this could be because of the discount I'm getting at running back, I'm, I'm not playing a lot of Patriots. You know, They don't really commit to one guy as a running back. They don't commit to one guy as the go-to wide receiver since Randy Moss left. So who do you really target in on? I'll tell you I like James White. I think he's a good GPP play if you want to throw him in here and there. Like I said, I think that you can get to Gronk this week because of the discount at running back, but from there, it's pretty tough. The Lions are the same when it comes to wide receiver. Now, we're all waiting on Carrion Johnson to become the heir apparent in the backfield there, but until that happens, you know, this offense lives and dies through Matt Stafford. So I think he's always a GPP candidate because you know he's going to be airing it out. And if this really gets to 51 points and they're behind, it's even a better game script for that scenario. So, you know, Matt Stafford, I think GPP all day. And then you have the three-headed monster there. You have Tate, Marvin Jones, and Galladay. And when that scenario happens, very much like the Rams, I go with the cheapest guy, and that's Galladay. I think he's like 5,800 on FanDuel. You can definitely get him into your lineups this week. Super easy to do that. Again, you have two studs. Like, what if you can make a Michael Thomas, Kareem Hunt, no, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Kenny Galladay. I mean, that's that's the type of lineups that I have deployed this week, whether it works or not, but that's just... Um, that's who I'd play from this game. Matt, Matt Stafford and GPPs. Um, Kenny Galladay is a good, I think he's a good cash game uh, option. He's getting a lot of targets. And again, he's the cheapest guy on this Lions offense. So you're getting exposure to this game at a low cost or at least a value. So that's my story. I'm sticking to it. The Chargers at the Rams. This game, really don't know about... Uh, Steve Young came out saying that the Rams are the best team in football. I think if there's any time for them to prove it, it's going to be in this game. This does not have the highest um, spread. Obviously, the Buffalo game and the Vikings do, but it's right behind there. You know, the Rams are being favored in seven points. So with a 48-point total, that gives the Rams 27 implied, 27 and a half, and the Chargers 20.5. So 
I like the Rams here. Um, I really do think that, again, if there's any kind of script that the Rams have established so far is that they're the best team in football. So I think that they can beat the Chargers. I thought the Chargers were going to be a lot scarier this year. You know, they tend to have this later in the season surge. So I'm not surprised to see them getting off to a rough start. They don't have Joey Bosa. It's a much different defense without him. So I really feel comfortable picking the Rams here. Again, with that touchdown in there, I kind of think this is going to go the way that Vegas thinks it does. You know, those other games that I just explained, I Lions and the Patriots and uh, Chiefs and 49ers, I think those are going to be closer than the 6.5 or the touchdown difference that they show between both of the teams. Uh, I do, however, think that the Rams and Chargers are going to... I don't know if it's going to be the most exciting game, but it is what it is. So picking the Rams straight up from the Rams. Again, another three-headed monster in Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Brandon Cooks is getting the targets to justify him as a wide receiver one. So I think when it comes to cash games, GPP, he's viable. He's a little expensive. He's not the guy that I'm targeting, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't play him. Um, Cooper Cup is someone I've, I've used as grout to kind of fill in that, that extra spot. He's like 6,300 on DraftKings. He's someone, or FanDuel, he's someone that I like a lot um, this week. I think that he always has the ability to catch a touchdown or multiple touchdowns. So when the Rams are projected to put up a lot of points like they are this week, I think that you got to look at Cooper Cup, especially considering his price range. Todd Gurley, he's really expensive. Uh, I think it's a good contrarian play when you talk about GPPs, but I don't think that he's the guy this week in cash. But again, in I have Alvin Kamara and Todd Gurley stacked in multiple GPP lineups because I know that a lot of people aren't going to go that way. And you have to be so contrarian this year to even sniff. And here's the thing. I'm playing these super low buy-in GPP tournaments. So if I have any chance at hitting, <clears throat> it's going to be with one of these super contrarian stacks or super contrarian lineups. So getting Todd Gurley and Alvin Kamara in there when they're really not the plays this week and the script is actually to pay down for running back and go up for wide receiver, I tend to have, you know, a number of entries where I flip the script, you know, to try to stay ahead of the people. When it comes to chargers, this is a tough one, right? They're projected 20 points. I think it's going to be that way. But I do believe that Melvin Gordon is going to have a game. And I'll tell you why. There was an article, and I could have just I'm, could just be influenced by stupid shit, but basically there was an article that Melvin Gordon felt disrespected in Los Angeles because he's being overshadowed by Todd Gurley. I, th I think the guy has immense talent. He just put up a monster game last week. So I think a lot of people are going to see this game. They're going to be scared to play him. But he's, he's the guy, and I mean, I have to go look back. I don't think I have Melvin Gordon in much of anything. And I myself has to change that because I believe that if there's anyone on the Chargers that could flip that script, it's going to be him. You know, I don't know what to do with Keenan Allen this week. It's tough for me to diagnose the Chargers situation here, but I'll say my gut tells me that Melvin Gordon is going to have another game despite, um, you know, the rest of the team. So... 
We have the next one. It is the Indianapolis Colts at the Philadelphia Eagles. Almost separated by touchdown again. 47.5 points total. That's 27 for the Eagles and 20 for the Colts. Almost an identical game to the one that we just uh, mentioned. But I will say that I think the Colts could come in and do more damage than Vegas is expecting. Um, I think this is closer than the touchdown. So if I was using points, I'd pick the Colts. But I think at the at the link, the Eagles will come in victorious, and uh, or they will remain victorious. And Carson Wentz is starting again. I think that bodes well for the team. Maybe he has some rust, but I just don't buy that. Um, so let me go with the Eagles. And when we talk about the Eagles, there's one guy I really like this week, and his name is Nelson Aguilar. And the reason I like him a lot is because Mike Wallace is out. We all know that Alshon Jeffrey is out. The guy's been getting 10-plus targets a game. I think when you talk about PPR, he's much more dependable. I think he's a really great cash game play because besides him and Zach Ertz, you know, where is this offense going? Another guy that I really like from the Eagles is Corey Clement. He's still questionable to play. I think that designation is bullshit. He should play. Jay Ajayi is out. They really don't have anyone. Darren Sproles is out. They have these two kids behind him who have zero to no experience. I liked Corey Clement before the season even started. Um, You know, the first week he didn't show up. Last week he had a touchdown and X amount of points. He catches the ball. I think this kid is the real deal, and I think with Carson Wentz coming back, it's just going to elevate his level. I'd actually like more exposure than I have to him right now. I think I'm a little scared off because, again, I I think, you know, Tevin Coleman is in a matchup that's, you know, projected to be higher scoring by almost a touchdown, but he's a lot more expensive than Corey Clement. I think Corey Clement could have a better game. This is a really tough call, but I will tell you that Corey Clement is one of those guys I'm talking about this week that is cheap at running back, is obviously going to get a huge amount of volume. And, you know, you really have, um, <laughs> I think you have to play him. You know, I, I'm, I'm tabbing Corey Clement and Nelson Aguilar as two really great plays in cash and GPP. I think that they'll put up big points here, a 27 you know, points implied for the Eagles. Zach Ertz, he's really expensive, but, you know, I can definitely see him hauling in two touchdowns, especially with Carson Wentz back. So he's someone to look at, too. I just don't see the value there. Um, The Colts, like I said, I think they could come in here and make it a lot closer than Vegas is implying. I think that 20-point total is a little bit low. It would have to be the Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton show. So... You know, if you believe that, play it. I think it's only a GPP play. But, you know, I think that is totally a possibility. It's something that I've prepared for. So, Packers, Redskins in Washington, separated by only a field goal. And I think this is basically because of the Aaron Rodgers injury situation. 45 points implied, 24 for the Packers, 21 for the Redskins. Making the Redskins home dogs, I think I picked this as an upset because I think that the Packers... Again, going with that, it's it's a uh, you know four games it, <laughs> that N- the NFL, their coaches, the players, they see seasons in quarters, right? The first four games, second four games, uh, third and fourth. 
I think that the Packers are just on this downward kind of trend. Um, and I think they're going to continue that. I think they got lucky of what they get a tie last week versus Minnesota. Um, you know, with Aaron Rodgers playing with, you know, I think it's a sprained ligament in his knee or something. I don't think that it looks good. I mean, it's going to take one bad hit for him to go down. I wouldn't be surprised if it was in this game. He's not. He's still questionable to start this game. Um, so I like the Redskins here. I think that they have more to show. They're one of those teams that had a Jekyll and Hyde first two games. Played against Arizona, who sucks really bad. Kicked their butt. And then they went out to somewhere else and they lost. I forgot exactly what it was. But they're one and one. They have something to prove here. I think it's their home opener against a Packer team that's a little beat up. I wouldn't be surprised if the Redskins won their home dogs by only a field goal, so I'm picking them. Let's talk about fantasy. We'll start with who I think are going to be the winners. It's the Redskins. I really like Chris Thompson this year. I think he's elevated his level of play. I think Adrian Peterson being there to take the attention away from him is helping in a big way. I don't know anything about the Redskins receivers. I think that Alex Smith is a check down machine, so Jordan Reed always has to be looked at, but um, you know, I'm not necessarily interested in any of the wide receivers beyond a GPP dart. So that's my diagnosis of the Redskins, the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers is a really interesting play for contrarian purposes only. You know, I think a lot of people are going to be way scared off of him. So you, if Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and you get him at like a low ownership percentage because you were able to take the risk, I think that's a big win. Um, but again, you, you're running a risk. I think that that's why he's only GPP. You know, I do have him in there stacked with Devontae Adams. I have Geronimo Allison in there because I believe he's, he's the best um, – wide receiver on the team when it comes to physical capabilities but it's all gpp there's nothing cash there and i think it's all it's you know it's a big risk but isn't all of this shit <sighs> Bengals and panthers in carolina separated by only a field goal 44 points implied that's 23 for carolina 20 for the Bengals. you know a game that people are expecting to be a defensive struggle, which makes sense because of the history of these teams. I believe this game could go the other way, um, especially because the Bengals are um, kicking some ass this year. You know, AJ Green, Andy Dalton just look like they're on fire, but I've been down that road before with the Red Rifle, and I've gotten burned, so... Proceeding with caution, I do, however, believe that the Bengals can go into Carolina and pull off a win. You know, I, I just, Carolina is not developed offensively yet. Even with Christian McCaffrey, even with Cam Newton, they always struggle to put up big games. And uh, I just don't think they'll be able to keep pace with the Bengals' offense. Now, there's a guy on the Bengals that I will admittedly say that I, I don't like. His name is Giovanni Bernard. I thought that, you know, you're finally going to pass the torch from this guy once Joe Mixon was in. But now that Joe Mixon is out, the offense, you know, on the ground is, is really going through him. I think he's an amazing cash gameplay at $6,400 on FanDuel. Again, him, Tevin Coleman, Corey Clement, and one more guy that is the epitome of a free square, which we'll mention in a second. 
those four guys in rotation make up the base of my lineup this week where I'm paying down at running back and paying up at every other position. So I really like Gio Bernard. I think AJ Green is a great GPP dart. Tyler Boyd has really emerged. He's a super cheap option. If you're looking to go that way at wide receiver, I'm not, so I have limited exposure to him, albeit I have some. I don't think John Ross is on the radar for me right now, but that's the Bengals, the Panthers. Devin Funches is really interesting with Greg Olson being out. I, you know, obviously some of Greg Olson's targets are going to him. He has the physical capabilities to get it done, although he's never put put up, you know, a crazy game, especially not this season, but... I think he's worth a look. He kept emerging in the price range that I needed to kind of get that last wide receiver in after some, you know, two big guys. He's 6,200 on FanDuel and uh, not sure what he is on DraftKings, but I think more of a GPP guy to me. You know, I just wanted exposure to him just in case. I have to say this this tight end, I think his name is Ian Thomas. I think one of these weeks he's going to have a week. He's going to catch like two touchdowns, Duke like the Will Disley thing. So, you know, he's $4,000 on FanDuel. He's super cheap. He can allow you to get, he can allow you to get a stud running back, someone like Kamara, you know, a combination of the other cheap guys we talked about and some major wide receivers as well. You know, again, that's super GPP smelling to me. Um, I don't know if I'm trusting him in cash games. No, I'm not trusting him in cash games, but you know, that's what I like out of the Panthers. I also think that Cam Newton is a really good contrarian GPP play in a game that has a defensive script so far. You know, he really could uh, flip that on its head, run for a couple touchdowns, pass for another, and, uh, you know, put up a high point total. Moving on to an enthralling matchup, the Raiders at the Dolphins. 43 points implied, only separated by a field goal, which is telling. Um, 23 points for the Dolphins, 20 for the Raiders. Picking the Dolphins, although I think that the Raiders could come in, there's a couple things. West to East Coast, I think there's always a disadvantage for that team. They're playing at 1 p.m., so, you know, I think that's going to have an effect on it. It usually does. I don't know what the stat is, but I know it doesn't look good. I think the Dolphins are an improved team um, defensively and offensively. I think Kenyon Drake has surprised me in a big way. I think the Frank Gore being there to push him has really worked out for the kids, so... God bless you, Kenyon. Um, Ryan Tannehill has been able to hook up with Kenny Stills and some of the younger kids on the team like Jakeem Grant. Um, Devontae Parker might come back. So I like the Dolphins at home with a team that's traveling across from the West Coast and hasn't really shown much. I know Mark Cooper came back to life, but I am going with the Dolphins here at home. The Dolphins, I think I just talked about some players there. Uh, Kenyon Drake is probably my favorite play. Um, there's another guy that's similar to him. Now, these aren't the cheap running backs that I was talking about before, um, but they're kind of in the second tier. It's like him, Lamar Miller, who I'm going to talk about, Jordan Howard. Um, they're all these guys that are kind of flying under the radar, but they are the workhorses on their team. And when it comes to GPP, I'm, I'm kind of sprinkling them in um, because understanding that there's a few names that everyone's going to be on. Everyone's going to be on Tevin Coleman because of the point total in that game. Everyone's going to be on Corey Clement because there's no one else in Philly. 
everyone's going to be on Gio Bernard because Joe Mixon is out. And everyone will have Latavius Murray as a free square. While I'm going to do that as well, I think it's important if you hope to make any money uh, from a GPP perspective is that you sprinkle people in. I think Kenyon Drake is that guy. On the Raiders, I really only like Amari Cooper. Jared Cook is a good dart at tight end, although he's kind of gotten a little expensive after that amazing game he had the first week. That single-handedly won me uh, the week in one of my redraft leagues, but uh, I don't really like much people on the Raiders. I think I read something about Jalen Richard being able to have a good game here. I don't really know. It's something I read, but I want to mention it just in case it happens and I can take credit for it. All right. Broncos at Ravens. Really hard game for me to pick. Um, Low total points, 43. They're separated by five points, which is weird. That's 24 implied for the Ravens, 19 for the Broncos. I went back and forth a couple times. I think that I settled on the Ravens here because the Broncos seem to be fool's gold. They're traveling again west to east. They barely have been pulling off what they have been. I think Case Keenum is a bum, um, you know, and he's really the crux of that offense. I don't think Joe Flacco is that great, but he's a Super Bowl quarterback, so I got to give him and the Ravens the nod at home with a team traveling from the west to east. The Ravens, I keep coming back to John Brown when I think about this. You know, John Brown, whenever he's healthy, he makes plays. I like him. Um, but with that said, I mean, you got Crabtree and Fast Willie Sneed there as well. I think any week could be those guys' weeks. But uh, John Brown is at like that $6,200 on FanDuel. He's not a bad pivot from someone like Funches or down from the guys that are a little bit more expensive like Stills and Robinson. You know, he's, he's a fairly cheap option um, that I think has the ability to score a lot of points. Um, more of a GPP guy to me than anything. Alex Collins is interesting because Alex Collins was so high on everyone's radar. And then after these first two games, you know, it's become apparent that there's other guys there. Um, the other guys being Buck Allen. Um, I know that the other Kenneth Dixon got cleared. I don't think that means that he's back this week, but I think a lot of people have forgotten about Alex Collins have kind of thrown to the wayside. I know I did. So I had that thought in the middle of making a lot of my lineups. And so I started shoving him in to some GPP spots. You know, I think that he could have a game again at any point. Um, And I think he will have a game because he's obviously the most talented guy in that backfield. If it's this week, you played him, then you're in good shape. The Broncos, you know, I think Case Keenum is a bum. Emmanuel Sanders is more efficient. Demarius Thomas is more explosive and is the better athlete. I don't know which which of those guys to pick on any given day. You have Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman in the backfield. I don't know which of those two guys to pick on any given day. They're projected 19 points. They could go get smashed by the Ravens. I don't like a lot of Broncos. Sometimes I had Sanders in there um, in GPPs. I started the week on Demarius Thomas because of the volume that he was getting. But again, just the total points in this game really drives me away from the Broncos, so I'm not using any of them in cash. Again, they're just darts and GPP. Giants at Texans, 42 points implied. 
24 for the Texans, 18 for the Giants, because the Texans are favored by six points. I kind of agree with Vegas here. I like the Texans. I don't think that the Giants have done anything to get better week over week, if anything. They lost a center. They're shifting guys around on the front line. They already had line issues. I don't think that's going to you know, help in tech, in Houston against J.J. Watt and that defense. And So I, I don't think it's hard to pick against the Giants, even though they're my team. <laughs> um, so with the Texans... I think Will Fuller is the guy that stands out to me here. You know, he came back and just had an amazing game last week. He's 7,200 on FanDuel, which is kind of more expensive. But with that said, you know, I think that the volume is there. I think the Giants are not good. The Texans are projected to score 24 points, which is not earth-shattering. But you got to think that Will Fuller is going to be a big part of that. I think in PPR formats, he's much more interesting and he's a much more interesting to, than, uh, option than DeAndre Hopkins if you want exposure to this game. DeAndre Hopkins is still maxed price. I think there's other guys, i.e. Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, that are much more interesting here. So, you know, another guy I like, though, that kind of fits into that. Um, talked about Kenyon Drake. Talked about Lamar Miller as the same type of guy. Getting all of the carries getting ignored by the fantasy, you know, community because he's just not a sexy pick. But um, I think it's ultimately could be someone who who does it for you when there's attention on a specific group of backs that, you know, we mentioned before. So, you know, I don't think Lamar Miller is a bad choice here. The Giants, I mean, except for GPP, I don't, I don't know what you're doing with the Giants. I do have some ridiculous alternate reality scenarios where I stacked Eli and Odell and Saquon, but I don't think any of it is is right. I mean, if they do, do score the 18 points, which they could, that's what it looks like they're going to do this year. They're going to score like a couple touchdowns. You know, I, I just, I don't like the Giants. Sorry. Okay, another very interesting game. The Cowboys go into Seattle. Points forecasted are 41 give seattle 21 and the cowboys 20 because it's only separated by a point and a half this is tough i thought that this was a seattle smash spot but i think i've been influenced by the sports betting community and i'm starting to think that the cowboys might be the first team to go into seattle and beat them in like two years i know it's crazy i'm giving up on the giants i'm believing in the cowboys um, with the points, I'd totally give it to the Cowboys because I think it's going to be close no matter what. I still will side with the Seahawks if I got to pick straight up because I'm just hoping that that doesn't happen. So if we talk about Seattle, they really haven't looked good. They're very much like the Giants and the Steelers, two you know, perennial teams that are with franchise quarterbacks that are struggling on offenses because of, well, for the Seahawks and Giants because of a bad offensive line. With the Steelers, it's just more like a bad defense. But, you know, this could be the game that if the Seahawks lose to the Cowboys in their home opener, that this could change the course of the whole franchise. I think that if if this happens, Pete Carroll's job comes into question. The Seattle Seahawks, you know, whole timeline comes into question. And, uh, 
yeah, so I think this is a huge game. I'll be watching it for sure. It's a, it's a late afternoon game. It'll be one of the only ones on. And the only other one really is what? The Bears, the Cardinals, and Rams, and Chargers. So I think this is the game in the late afternoon slate that you really are going to be interested in. Um, Tyler Lockett comes off him at the top of my head as a guy that I played a lot in GPPs. I'm staying away from the Seahawk backfield because no one knows what's going on there. Will Disley is a dart. I mean, he's cheap. He's probably going to catch a touchdown, but uh, I don't I don't trust him 100%. The Cowboys. I don't have a lot of Cowboys that I like. I mean, again, this could be a smash spot for the Seahawks after all. I could be right. Um, or, you know, the betting public who thinks it's going to be closer could be right. Maybe it's just a, you know, maybe it's just two teams tripping over themselves in a really low-scoring game, which could very well be as well but I don't like Dak I don't like any of his receivers I played Zeke in a contrarian fashion the same way that I played some Giants players you know just to kind of have exposure to him just in case he goes off for like a crazy game but what I will say is that the Cowboys defense they're super cheap and I got this idea from various other podcasts that I listened to but they actually crept their way into some of my cash lineups because it's a low-scoring game. I think if the Cowboys are going to score, it's going to be on defense. They've had a really good defense so far. I think they have nine sacks. The Seahawks are struggling. So if you just follow that, those lines and those breadcrumbs, you know, having that cheap defense is really contrarian. And it allows you then to really max out your wide receiver. So in a lot of cases, in my cash game lineup... I'm not playing Minnesota, who is like the easy guy at 4,900 on FanDuel. I'm kind of pivoting down to the Bears or even all the way down to the Cowboys because I believe both of those defense have the ability to produce at the same level that someone like Minnesota or Jacksonville is forecasted to do. I even think that the Jacksonville game could be closer than it is, but we'll talk about that when we get there. So Cowboys defense, again, didn't come up with it, but we'll definitely take credit for it if it helps you and me. The Bills at the Vikings. I don't want to talk too much about this game because it's got a 41-point total, and the Vikings are favored by 17 points. I've never even seen this before. 29 projected for Vikings, 12 for the Bills. I think that this is a closer game than people think. Um, so if I had to take points, I'd take the Bills, but I'm taking the Vikings straight up. You know, if this is a smash spot for the Vikings, you know, I have some scenarios where I have Kirk Cousins stacked with Thielen or, and or Diggs. Um, but the guy here is obviously Latavius Murray with Dalvin Cook being confirmed out. Latavius Murray is going to get 25 touches against a terrible Bills team. They might be in the lead. He might just be carrying the ball like 50 times. So... He's also like $5,452 on FanDuel. He is the free square of the week, you know, rounding out that that group that we talked about of him, Corey Clement, Gio Bernard, Tevin Coleman, guys who are just going to get the volume share because there's no one else there. So, you know, Dalvin Cook is that guy in a smash shot spot against the Bills. And if there's any team that I have zero exposure to, it's the Bills. I, I can't even say that I want to throw a dart with them. So let it be, baby. Keep on rolling. 
not talking about the Browns and the Jets, but that was a crazy game. Um, I don't know if you saw the conspiracy theory that Al Dukes put on Twitter. I know Al Dukes because I listened to, you know, the New York version of WFAN. But, you know, he said that it looked like Tyrod was flailing and kind of hinting to an injury at any moment. And uh, that would be really interesting if it turned out that way, you know, just to get Baker Mayfield in the game and create some drama. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's crazy. I think that really signified the beginning of a new era for the Browns and kind of interesting that the Jets are falling back into that same old thing after having or that same role as kind of like the you know that team that gives the Browns the first win that they've had in however many days I think it was like 600 or something I mean that's Jets for you <laughs> so um whatever that that's passed but uh so we got the Titans at the Jaguars 39 points implied Blech. uh 23 for the Jags as favorites, 16 for the Titans. Marcus Mariota is still questionable. I think the Jags are one of the best teams in the league anyway, so I think they win here outright. The Titans do play the Jaguars well, but especially if Mariota is not going to be there, I'm not going to let that happen in my mind, especially after they just beat the Patriots. It seemed like the Jaguars have learned from their mistakes in the past, so even if the Titans have played them well, I'm not expecting anything to really come of that. I'm not impressed by the Titans, even with Mariota. So this is an easy call from a pick'em perspective. Fournette is questionable in the same way that I'm playing Aaron Rodgers in some lineups. I'm also putting Fournette out there because I think he's going to show up, especially with TJ Yeldon also injured. And I think a lot of people will be nervous about it. We'll forget to put him in, whatever. So I think from a GPP perspective, having Fournette there would be great, especially because the game script could be that he just runs all over him. I have Blake Bortles in a lot of cash lineups. I'm just going to say that. So I just, you know, again, with these cheap running backs, I went one of two ways. I either took Pat Mahomes, number one quarterback on the slate, or took Blake Bortles close to the basement. It allowed me to get either all elite wide receivers or just, you know, two elite wide receivers. It made a difference, the defense that I picked. I explained I had the Cowboys, the Bears, the Vikings kind of on my defense list. So, you know, there were different combinations of that, but the quarterback that I kept gravitating towards was like Bortles with Garoppolo being the mid-tier and then Pat Mahomes being the top. Those are the three quarterbacks I was kind of, those are the guys that I like and I kept having the most lineups this week. Um, so, you know, I do think that Blake Bortles, he, he rushes a lot, so he's always got a propensity to put up a lot of yards on the ground and score rushing touchdowns. That's why I like him a lot, and he's from UCF, so can't go wrong there. Titans, I don't know. I guess Deion Lewis. Um, projected to score 16 points, so with Blaine Gabbert back there, if that's what actually happens, uh, I'm not sure how much faith you can really have in anything the Titans are doing. So I'm just like the Bills, I'm kind of... I'm skipping the Titans this week. So if that bites me in the ass, so be it. Last game. Can't believe we got there under an hour. That's crazy. See what happens when I get to talk to myself. Um, Bears at the Cardinals. Sneaky game here. I think the Bears could go into Arizona and get whooped because I think Mitch, Mitch Trubisky is a bad quarterback. However, I think that the Cardinals are just so bad. I don't know what it is. 
maybe it's going to click here. Like, I could see this being the game. Everyone is picking the Bears. So the Cardinals obviously put their shit together. David Johnson has a 200-yard rushing game. Everybody misses it. The Cardinals win. But I think after two games, the abysmal performance that they've put up, it's hard to to justify that. So I can, I can take the Bears. I'm not going to say it's easily because I do think that there is a scenario where the Cardinals win this game at home. Larry Fitzgerald's coming back. You know, it's everything coalesced and I don't know. But if I'm, you know, betting safe, I'm going to go with the Bears, the six points that they are given. Yeah, so when we talk about the Bears, I think the most interesting guy is Allen Robinson. He's definitely Mitchell Trubisky's go-to guy getting, you know, 10-plus targets a game. He's limited because Mitch Trubisky's thrown to him, but the Cardinals seem like they suck. So I think it's uh, if there's any week that Allen Robinson is going to catch a lot of balls and score a touchdown, it's going to be this one. Jordan Howard, again, another stud that's overlooked. He's in that tier with Kenyon Drake and Lamar Miller, where they're these guys that are putting up, they're they're just expensive enough to kind of not be interesting as the Latavius Murrays and the Corey Clements and the Gio Bernards. But if you flip to them in GPP, it could be the difference between you winning um, because of ownership levels, right? So, you know, I do like Jordan Howard. We're still waiting for Trey Burton and Anthony Miller to emerge. I think at any given moment, these games could be on, especially where, let's say the Bears do go in there, Mitch Trubisky knows what he's doing. I mean, maybe just puts up like 44 points against the Cardinals defense or Cardinals team that just looks terrible. That's also a reality. I don't think this game's going to be in the middle. Either the Bears are going to go down there, get whooped, and that's what it's going to be, or they're going to go down there and do the whooping and kind of prove that they're uh, forced to be reckoned with in the NFC. But I don't think that you get, like, a nice closed game here. I think it's one or the other. So those are the guys I like on the Bears and the Cardinals. Again, from a contrarian perspective, you could put David Johnson in and Larry Fitzgerald and Sam Bradford. Although, you know, there's there's whispers now that if, if Sam Bradford continues to to fail, which he's not failing. He has a good completion percentage, but he's just not putting together wins. If that keeps happening, Rosen is obviously there. So if you start Bradford, you have the you know you have a good probability that he'll get pulled if things are continue to go wrong for the Cardinals. So I don't you know I don't like any of these guys close to my cash games. Maybe GPP, but I will be honest, when it comes to the Cardinals, the Titans, and the Bills, they're marked as losing teams in low-scoring games. I have plenty of high-scoring games, cheap running backs, you know, tier one wide receivers that if I'm picking anyone from these teams, it's just because I'm trying to be contrarian and I'm hoping that someone goes off, but I can't tell you who that someone is going to be. Again, on the Cardinals, I guess David Johnson would be the most likely to go off, but he hasn't done it yet. I'd rather, you know, see him in a better spot, especially against a good defense like this, who I've kind of tabbed as my defense of the week um, in a lot of cash games and things like that. So that's the week three slate. We did it under one hour. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you have time to listen to it before you set the rest of your lineups. It's 3 a.m. on the East Coast. 12 a.m. on the west so you still have a few hours good luck 
We'll talk to you next week. Never give up and see you.